Hey, traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, July 7, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, first, let's bring Captain Obvious into the fold. They're at new highs. Above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend until she throws you out the fifth story window. They're in the midst of a melt-up operation. The melt-up operation will again come to a conclusion, whether it's on a short, intermediate, or longer term, doesn't matter today. We don't know that until after the fact. And so here's the way we have to look at this. We've been here many times before. At new highs, we have no idea exactly how high they can go or exactly when they're going to make an about face and turn around. So therefore, what we do is we let them go at new highs until the market puts in a sign or signal of a trend change. They'll begin on shorter time frames and they'll morph onto other charts from there. We saw it yesterday in the SPY. We saw it today in the QQQ, and we'll look at that later, but they're still at new highs, so sometimes it doesn't matter, but there always will be a time where it does matter, and we have to have that awareness, we have to be prepared, we have to be on the lookout for when the character of the market changes. We don't know whether it'll be tomorrow, on Friday, next Thursday, or six months from now. Obviously, there will be another pullback. Markets don't go up forever, they don't go down forever. However, while you're in the midst of one of these melt-up operations, it definitely feels when you listen to the media, and you listen to your friends, and you listen to other analysts, whatever it is, it definitely feels like the market's gonna run away forever. Let's remind each other that we're also, again, coming into another period over the next day or two where the market will again be on time. What does that mean? Go back to the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. There are several different renditions of what on time means. It's not always the same. There are different time frames. Some are more important than others. And tomorrow into Friday is another one of those times. We'll call that an awareness. Doesn't mean the market has to turn around, but it means the market is in the zone, the cone of it can turn around. And we know it can turn around at any point in time, but when you put these important time frames together, you'll see more often than not, time is more important than price. We're into one of those zones as this week comes to a close between Thursday and Friday. Remember the 240 minute chart from yesterday? We were working on this candle, calling it a reversal candle. Well, guess what? They closed above that reversal candle today at the end of the day, the last 240 minute candle. What does that do to the reversal candle? Takes it off the table. 120 minute chart, same routine. Reversal candle from yesterday, reversal candle negated today by closing a 120 minute candle above the high of the reversal candle. It takes the reversal candle off the table. Here's an hourly chart. Now let's use this as a lesson. We talk about this kind of stuff all the time, and the reason why we do that is because it reinforces that this stuff works all the time. Not every time, but a lot of the time. Here's what I'm talking about. 
So we have a move downward from yesterday. We're focused on the first hourly candle from yesterday, the candle ending 10.30 a.m. Look what it is. It's a breakdown candle. So the high of the breakdown candle is roughly 4.34. We're working off of a give or take scenario. It's 4.34. So think about this for a second. Yesterday, they sell off, and then they start the rescue operation. And the rescue operation continues, and it continues. And it continues right up into the first hourly candle of today. And then what happens? They ran a test of the breakdown candle high, and they pulled back. That's normal garden variety market behavior. How do we know that? Because we see them do that all the time. Where do we see it? On the charts. I pointed out almost every single day, if not multiple times a day on a variety of different charts. Therefore, we know that that happens. I would put that one on a sticky note. Now, there's another side to the story. When I show it to you after the fact, you think to yourself, hey, that was an easy trade. In fact, was it an easy trade? We're going to take a look inside the numbers, and you'll also see early on in the day that there were two ways to look at that scenario. Looking at the market after the fact is one thing, but looking at the market and making a decision in real time with all the real-time information at hand is an entirely different scenario, and I'm going to lay out the thing that was on my mind inside my head early this morning. We'll start with, it's hump day already. Quiet overnight session, wake up a little green, but no conviction one way or the other. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't mean we have to see conviction one way or the other. I'm just stating the obvious, waking up at zero dark 30. Early thoughts. The numbers are pretty straightforward, so here they are. Yesterday's high is 434.10. Remember, that breakdown candle high was 434. Pushing above is no man's land. New highs and a spectator sport from an intraday perspective. On the flip side, 432.91 is yesterday's closing price and should also provide some short-term support if price opens the day above. The next spot below is a zone between 431.15 and 430.50 where buyers would normally show up if reached without eating too much time off the clock. Let's get a visual and the lay of the land. So here's the situation. Right of the vertical is today's activity. The top line at 434.10 represents the prior day high. Here's a 15-minute chart. Here's yesterday's high. That's what that represents. It's really just out of technical school 101. Back to the five-minute, 432.91 represented yesterday's closing price, a la the gap left open from yesterday. So a lot of times they'll run down, fill the gap, bounce off of it, have a reaction in the other direction, it produces a trade. It's an opportunity. Not every single day, but on certain days. The third line down, 431.15, was never reached. That was a number that I was willing to step in at, but price never got down to my number. Technically, was willing to step in at 432.91, but they didn't do it. They came up short, they bounced away, and we know what happens when that happens. And let's go back to inside the numbers and let's scroll up and see what happens as the day gets underway. I think everything will become clear. There's learning opportunities in here 
This is valuable information if you're trying to get a handle on A, where price is actually going and why in the morning specifically. Most of the activity is in the morning. And B, simply if you're active in the market during the trading day, this is a great tour guide. When you understand the numbers, you have a different confidence level getting into trades, you understand where to get out of trades, you understand where your stop needs to be, and it's not an arbitrary number. The market doesn't know that you have a 30 cent stop in, but if your stop is below an important number and they go to run a test of important numbers, then you're likely not going to get stopped out. And frankly, I like to use candle closes below or candle closes above. Why is that? Because that really tells the tale whether they're serious or just running a test. Let's bring the thing back to square one, back to inside the numbers, and you'll see what I'm referring to on what happened in the morning. 9.37, pushing to yesterday's highs, it's a very aggressive short trade. You're betting they fail. They might, but the volume is light, and there's nothing other than a guess from where I sit. Just saying. So what am I really saying What's the point that I'm trying to get across? We're back to a 15-minute chart. Now, you have to go with me on this. There's a method to the madness, and you have to think in terms of what's actually happening in the morning. So again, they're gapping up. They're testing yesterday's highs. They continue to make new highs just about every single day. So today may be no different, and this is the thought process in the morning. Why would today be any different What's going to stop them from making new highs? Why can't they bust through first thing in the morning and keep going? Now, maybe they will, maybe they won't. We don't know, and we really have nothing to hang our hat on. There's no news event, not that I'm going to hang my hat on a news event, but the market's not volatile in the morning. They're not running a quick test of an important spot. They're pushing on highs that were made just hours earlier. They did that day after day after day. So really, this day, and I'm thinking about this morning, the thought process from this morning, this day already is really no different than any other. So they're pushing on the highs. So maybe they fail, and maybe they push through. All I have is yesterday's high. It's not really an important number. It's just yesterday's high. And that's why you saw that type of note in the commentary It's for aggressive traders that understand, hey, if they keep pushing through, I'm going to have to cover. I'm going to get a little bit of a pie in the face, but I'm willing to take risk. I'm an aggressive trader. Not everybody is aggressive, and that's why I can't put, hey, short yesterday's high, it's a high probability trade. I can't put that on the board. It wasn't a high probability trade. Now, after the fact, it looks like, hey, that was an easy trade. They went up there. They tested yesterday's high, and they failed. They fell away. But you don't know that at the time. You don't have anything to support that that's going to be the case until it happens. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we have what I like to call a full stack. We're at an important number. It's on time. There's a whole host of other things going on. That's a different scenario. Gabish, gabish. Let's move along, see what else we've got. Early on, they were in float mode. That's before they decided to break down. Now, it was quiet, and so when that's happening, obviously, some traders get impatient. So questions come in, hey, do you have a price for this? Do you have a price for that? 
obviously, I can't look at every single thing that's moving on the board. I find the stuff that's moving in the pre-market. I'm focused in the SPY, and that's enough. It's kind of a something for everybody leading up to the opening bell and for about an hour or so after the opening bell. There's opportunity on most days when you marry those two things together. But there's obviously other stuff moving around after the opening bell. So I get some questions. Obviously, AMC was moving. Where's support on AMC? These stocks can be a bit of a rodeo, and they can move a lot really fast. And I'm talking about the quote-unquote meme stocks, AMC, GameStop, and whatever the flavor of the day or the week is. So I say I'm not a proponent in participating in this stuff. However, if you want to know the number and you want to participate, that's up to you. You don't have to do what I do. You don't have to do what I say. I'm just telling you my thoughts. It's kind of a for-what-it's-worth type of scenario. 44.40, give or take, was the number. The stop had to be wide. It had to be below 39.70, and they had to start closing candles below. Anything above there, they can certainly, they can certainly drift down there, spike down there, hang around down there for a little while. 44.40 was the number. Spike it, get back above, start closing candles above, and you're likely good to go at least for a minimum required base hit or more. Remember, base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. So let's find out if 4440, at least from where I sit, was the number. Now, when I say was the number, it doesn't mean that they're going to stop on a dime, reverse back in the other direction immediately. When I say was the number, it doesn't mean they can't spike it through. They do it all the time. But when you see what happens later, and you see them running tests of the same place over and over and over again, it reconfirms that you had the number right. Just because they spike through it doesn't mean that wasn't the zone of support, if you will. So what happened was they closed the prior day, basically 50 bucks, 49.96, plus shipping and handling, of course. They're getting a buzz cut at the open, and it looks like a falling knife. It's down 11, 12, 13%, whatever it is, it looks like a falling knife. Who wants to step in front of a falling knife? But if you've been here for any length of time, you know the way I feel. When you see that happening, it's headed for a destination. Now the question is, can you get the destination right? If you get the destination right, you have an opportunity on your hands they're going to eventually turn around and give you a minimum required base hit. Net-net, what happened here, once they found their footing, just a little while later, turned out to be $46.93. It's about two and a half bucks, significantly more than a base hit. It's a double off the wall. Nice trade. We're moving along. From this point forward, you can read the notes, go back to the charts to double check the work. It's important that you double check and verify the information. We're moving along. 10.07, here's where they stopped short of the gap. They bounced away. There's unfinished business down there. What does that mean? They should fill it, which means they'll be back. What happened? They came back to fill it, and then some. It's not the same trade the next time around. We know that. Here, 10.23, not being able to get down to the gap and bouncing away is bullish in the short run. They'll be back to fill it at some point. Getting above and closing candles above 433.75 is the ticket to higher stuff. Now, without getting above 433.75,
the door is open to fill the gap. You have to know your numbers. It gives you a sense of where you are in the market. Let's see what else we've got. When they miss a gap and they come back later, it's not the same trade. 1032, now you see why the gap wasn't the same because they went a lot lower. And we knew that was going to happen. That was the likely scenario after they came up short. It's not like we knew it was going to happen. It's that that's what happens the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. When they come up short and bounce away, they come back to the gap later. They suck traders in that are going to take a trade at the gap. They blow through it. They issue the pie in the face to those traders. That's the way the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate crew operate. Here, the whole thing was sponsored by Trick and Company. Let's see what else we've got. They should get to and find support at 431.15. They didn't get there. They got close and they found support somewhere else. Let me scroll up, read the notes, double check the work. You get the point. If you want an idea of where the market's going based on what's happening in real time, then this is it. Here, you can see at 11.52, closing candles above 432.85 would give the bulls reason for another leg higher. Here's the visual. Closing candles above 432.85 was the ticket to another leg higher. That was it. Continuing to move along, pause the video, read the notes for yourself to double check the work. Today was what I like to call fake Fed minute day. They release the minutes of the Fed. Sometimes the market can whip around. It's kind of a kabuki light. Not much happened. They pushed the market up after the minutes released, so be it. They were going to push it up anyway. All they did was lean on the Fed minutes for the excuse to push the market up further. What's going on over in Camp IWM? S&P 500, new highs. IWM, not new highs. So we have divergence. IWM, as you know, is my favorite market-leading indicator. And today, they decided to give up the 100-period moving average by closing below. But what they didn't give up yet, they didn't give up this pivot low we discussed, 221.13. They ran a test. They came close. They didn't quite get all the way there. The low today was 221.80. That's kind of a test. They bounced away, but they weren't able to get back above the moving averages. Maybe they'll jam it up into the end of the week. Maybe they'll give up that price by the end of the week. We're going to be focused on the weekly close in Camp IWM. We talked about this low yesterday, 223.28. They got below there today, but that's a weekly number. That's a breakup candle low, but it's not the most important breakup candle low. We've got another one back over here. We've talked about it a hundred times. We'll see what happens at the end of the week. At present, they're creeping below the 20-week moving average, but they've been riding it for some time. So as they're riding it, it really diminishes the importance of that 20-week moving average, we're just using it as a guideline for discussion purposes. The monthly chart is the one that's in the redonculus. And interestingly enough, the high that was made in the IWM was back in March. They have yet to make a higher high against the S&P 500 that continues to make higher highs. The NASDAQ market continued to make higher highs and others. So it's interesting that my favorite market-leading indicator has yet to make a new high and has since topped out three or four months ago. How you doing? We talk about this all the time whenever I bring up a monthly chart. These things take a long time to play out. You have to have an enormous amount of patience to be analyzing a monthly chart. 
just to put it in perspective, from this high over here to this low, wasn't quite two years, but it's almost two years. The last two days, you see the volume was better than the average 90-day volume. Wasn't high volume, just better than the average 90-day volume. So there's a little tick up in volume. They're below the moving averages. You see what's going on here. Things don't have to unfold quickly, but one market may be issuing a tell of sorts. Now, if you wake up one day and it turns around and shoots up in the northern direction, makes new highs, all that stuff, that's fine. That's not what's happening today. We're taking it at face value today. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So they were up today, but they're still contained by the 20 period moving average. They made a test of it today, but they've yet to bust through. So we have to look at this on a macro and micro scale. First, let's take the shorter version, the micro scale. So maybe this is one of these little pullback patterns. This could be considered a bullish pattern. I'm really connecting dots that don't exist. But if you think about it, this is a pullback staying above the 100 period moving average and below the 20. They're building energy. These are converging together. Obviously, it's not going to stay like this forever. If they get pinched together, they're going to run out of time and the market will break either up or down one way or the other. On an hourly chart, you see here they broke up and they're eating time off the clock above the moving averages. To do what? To run up and challenge what? Yes, the breakdown candle high. That's precisely what's going on here. On a macro scale, you can see on the weekly chart, they're basically formulating one of these bearish flaggish patterns riding the 20-week moving average. Now, that'll go off the table when they can get above and close a week above the high 15,360 and change. That's the last breakdown candle high. If they can't do that, then they're creating one of the bearish flaggish things. That's it. You see how it changes whether you're looking from a shorter time frame on a micro scale or a longer time frame on a macro scale. A lot can happen in between, intra-week. Intra-week, the market's going back and forth. Intra-day, it's doing the same thing. They're running tests of breakdown candle highs and breakup candle lows on shorter time frames. You don't see them in the longer time frames. But when you drill down to the shorter time frames, it looks like the market's moving a lot. And then when you find the chart where it's actually running the test of an important spot, the light bulb goes on, you have the aha moment, and you move on from there, and you've learned something. How do you like dem apples? What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? The Q people. Another new high today, but didn't finish on the highs. Finished with somewhat of a red candle, but it's an up day, so it's kind of a misnomer. However, I think it warrants looking into some other charts, don't you? If we're taking things at face value, which we are, and you look at the 240-minute chart, you say, hey, that could be considered somewhat of a reversal candle. It's still high on the chart, above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, and the trend certainly is the dominant thing, but we take notice, it's a puzzle piece, a very small one, we put it on the table. Now, we go to a 120 chart, and we have another reversal candle, and we have one of the bearish, wedgish, flaggish things in process. Okay, again, the trend is the dominant thing, the trend is up, even if this little pattern played out, it was still complete above the 20 period moving average. So we're not talking about 
long-term damage because we have a little reversal candle. We're just doing the analysis, taking the market at face value, conveying the information to you so that you can see how I analyze the charts so that you can repeat the process in whatever chart you're looking at. Hourly chart, same deal. Reversal candle, bearish flaggish thing. If this comes down, you're looking at 358 in that neighborhood. Let's say that did play out to 358. Does that look like anything on the weekly chart? For point of reference, there's 358, and the answer is no. Nothing would happen on the weekly chart. It's a matter of putting everything you're looking at in perspective. Remember, everything starts on a shorter time frame or chart, and it morphs from there, whether it's a bullish signal or a bearish signal. If everything confirms on one chart after another, then you begin to have what I like to call a full stack, the financials. So it was an update by a nickel in the financials, so we're not going to make a federal case out of that. But what you see going on here is a market that tried to run a test of a breakdown candle high, couldn't get there, got rejected by a convergence of moving averages, and still can't get above those moving averages. When you just look at it from a logical slash common sense perspective, that's the way I see the daily chart. What do you see when you look at the 120-minute chart? Well, maybe you see a reversal candle, and maybe this sends them up to run a test closer to the high of this breakdown candle, but at present, what you have is a breakdown candle and a bearish, flaggish, wedgish kind of thing going on that generally will result in another move in the southern direction. That's just the way it is the majority of the time using the 80-20 rule. 35.75 to 35.50 is the spot. What spot? If this pattern worked out to the downside, that's where there would be garden variety support. About Smash Mouth. Got a lot of different things going on. There are divergences out here. Markets making new highs, other markets selling off. This one down 1.3 or 4% today, three and a half bucks. Well, they're not coming into yet the 20 period moving average, but they're coming close. Staying above all the moving averages, the trend is your friend, that's the dominant thing. But the SMH or Smash Mouth is a pretty good proxy for the tech space as a whole. Tech's at a new high, we know that. We looked at the Q charts, we can make a case why there's more downside to be had in the Qs. So we've got a lot of different things going on, which is why we make analysis of a lot of different charts and we treat each one independent of one another. We're building a big puzzle, and this one is a big puzzle, one piece at a time, one day at a time. On the 120 minute chart, what is this telling you? Well, let's take it back for a second. So you had a big breakdown candle here. This was from the 1st of July. Okay, fair enough. Looked like they were making a bearish flaggish thing, but then they didn't. They started going up. What were they going to do? They were going to run a test of the breakdown candle high. Well, in this case, that particular breakdown candle high was pretty close to this high, so they ran a test somewhere in between. That's garden variety of chart stuff. And by not closing above the high of this breakdown candle, what did they do? Well, price got rejected, and here we are. They had another big down move, and they're making another bearish, flaggish kind of thing. Now, if market symmetry had any say in the game, where would this go? About 250. 247 to 250 is garden variety 
of chart support in a zone. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. True and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.